Um, it's it's kind of like on a football team, you know, in in some rural high schools, you know, the, the schools are so small that their football teams are small. And so they only have, you know, maybe like 13 players on the whole team. And they got to play 11 players on offense and 11 players on defense. And But you only got 13 people. That means for most of the time, you got to play both sides of the football. Um, you, you know, you're on offense and then three minutes later, you're on defense and there's no break. Um, and you can never really specialize in in one position, you know, like your quarterback. You know, he's also playing, um, you know, uh, um, a linebacker position. Um, so he never really gets good at being the quarterback because he's also got to be good at being a linebacker. Um, so I'm not a fan of being adaptable in all situations. But what I am a fan of is being adaptable to the customers that come to you. And I think this is where it can pay off in big dividends. Um, and then the other thing that the the morale officers, you know, I call them the morale officers in, in Myers-Briggs, they're the NFs, the intuitive feelers. They, um, they also talk about, you know, certain cognitive functions are going to stress you. Um, and if you're trying to use a function that you're not, it's not one of your primary functions, um, it's going to cause stress. And I, and I hate that word stress because what does it mean? Um, again, this is where I, I have to, it's kind of like what I'm doing now. I'm trying to define personality development. So now I have to figure out what do they mean by when they, they say it's stressful. It causes stress. Um, and I have a theory on this as well. Um, and I think it's, it's a, they haven't defined what causes stress. They just, they just say it causes stress, but I'm saying what causes stress. And I think what causes stress is when your values, those things that you value are being attacked. Um, and for me, you know, stress and anger are basically the same things. It's just a degree of separation. You know, there's, there's low stress and then there's high anger. Um, you know, like there's some things that, that can stress you out, you know, like, like paying your taxes, you know, that's, that's stressful. But it, but it's a lower level of stress than being robbed by somebody physically coming into your house and robbing you. That is an attack on what you value. You you know you value your possessions. Somebody's taking them away. But it's the same thing with paying taxes. The government is taking away your money. So where you feel the difference between high anger and a low level of stress, like paying your taxes is you can't put a face to the attacker. Uh, once the attacker's face gets more and more clear in your mind, now it starts to build anger because once you know who your enemy is, now you want to go and fight them. Um, 
I don't know, it's, we're recording this in 2022. And earlier this year, anywhere you went to get gas, um, you know, the price of gas went astronomical, went, went all, well over $4 per gallon of gas here in the United States. And if you go to the gas pump, there would be a little picture of Joe Biden right next to the price. And he's pointing at it and he says, yep, I did that. You know, so you're mad at paying a high gas price, but now you got a face to put onto it. And so now you have some, you know, anger always has a focus. Um, if there's no focus, it's stress. If you have a specific focus, now it's anger. And I thought that was just brilliant, you know, a brilliant idea of how to get people really angry at um, an opposing political party. Um, okay, so um, that is my thoughts on personality development. I, as I said, I don't think you can develop your personality, but if you disagree with me, I would love to hear from you because maybe there's something that I am not recognizing. Maybe there's a new piece of information out there that I haven't heard of or thought of before. And maybe you hold that piece of information and you can explain to me what personality development means. You know, how can you take your current level of personality or your current behavior and make it better? You know, define better for me. Um, I'm an engineer and I say this a lot in my podcast. I hate the word better because it implies that um, you you don't have a mission. You know, when people come to me and say, you know, like, what's the best product that I should be buying? And I say, well, what's your mission? What are you trying to accomplish? And then once we have that, we can it we can find the most optimal or most efficient to most value for your money um, because you know there's always good, better, and best. Um, but I need to figure out before I make my recommendation what is what's important to you so that you feel it's a good value. And that's the essence of selling anyway, is finding out what the other person, what your prospect values, and then giving it to them. You're either promoting what they value or protecting what they value. And if you do either one of those two things, they're going to like you. Once they like you, you're going to develop rapport. And then once you have rapport, they're going to respect your conclusions. And maybe there's a really high percentage of the time they're going to take your advice and purchase what you recommend to them. Um, so this is a system. Um, and it's, it's a it's a pretty easy system and I, you know, this is my persuasion system and I've created this course on it, easy selling using personality type, where, you know, it goes by steps. The first step is to type the customer. What personality temperament do they have? Because once I know their temperament, then I can bring out my bingo cards again and I can say, okay, there's a very high likelihood that these are the things that they value, what they feel is important. And what they feel is important is why they buy that particular item. 
and I want to give them my recommendation in a way that it promotes what they value or protects what they value. Um, and then there's a whole nother step is now we can control emotions because emotions are also linked with values. Um, and this is where people can get really uneasy about the topic of persuasion because I say you can control your prospects emotions. You can't control their feelings, but you can control their emotions. And there's a really good reason why you might want to control their emotions. And that's because emotions also trigger actions. You know, and in sales, we need to trigger an action. Um, you know, getting the customer to sign the contract, that's an action. And so we can, we can use emotions to trigger that action. You don't have to all the time. I prefer not to, except for one emotion that I like to trigger all the time, and that's the emotion of happiness. And the way you make somebody happy, I've already told you how to do it. Promote or protect what they value. It's pretty simple. But there's other emotions out there that you can trigger if you need them. Um, if you are interested in learning more about that, again, see the course, Easy Selling Using Personality Type. Or what you can also do is get my book that's on Amazon as Kindle. It's called Selling by Personality Type. I'll also leave a link to that here in the show notes. So again, thank you for coming. Um, and I appreciate you being here and listening to my theories. <laughs> I, a theory needs to be tested. And I am not afraid of other people testing my theory. You know, Sigmund Freud had a theory of personality development. I think it's crap. <laughs> I think the theory that personality is already written on your DNA is a better theory and it can be tested. And I encourage you to test my theory to see if I'm right or see if I'm wrong. I think I'm right. I think I should be in the psychology books. Even though I am an aeronautical engineer, I am a real rocket scientist. Uh, we need scientists in personality and in psychology. So again, thank you for coming and we'll see you in the next podcast episode. to another edition of the Customer Secrets Podcast. Today, I would like to discuss the concept of personality development. But before we get into that, I would like to make you this offer. I'm looking for a few people that I can do typing with. So basically, come to me and we'll sit down and do a little interview for this podcast. And I'll try to gauge what type that I think that you are. If you are interested in doing this, I know this is a big thing on the internet, and I've seen a lot of other YouTube channels, people charging $60 to $100 to do this. I'll do it for free because it's only going to take 
five, 10 minutes tops. Um, so if you're interested in having me type you, uh, reach out to me at my email address. Um, you can come to the customersecrets.com website. Just fill out the contact form there or tvm at customersecrets.com. So let's get into the show and let's talk about personality development. So what does it mean to develop your personality? I hear this a lot and I am totally confused about this because when I think of development, I think of, you know, like, um, like property development, you know, you, you take a piece of barren ground and you want to raise the value of that and you want to develop it. So you're taking something that has little value and then you put in an input and it comes out at a higher value. So that's what I think of when I hear the word development, you know, we're, we're making something better. But when I hear other people say it, they just kind of just throw it out there. You know, I want to, I want to learn uh, Myers-Briggs because I'm interested in personality development. Well, to me, that means they want to take whatever personality that they have and kind of make it better somehow. Um, so there, and it depends on who you ask this question, uh, you know, what does it mean to somebody that's interested in Myers-Briggs and, and real psychology, it has a different meaning than somebody that just makes a YouTube video on personality development. So if you go to YouTube and you type in personality development, you're going to see topics. Let me uh, get my, my notes here where people are talking about, you know, how to be charismatic and charming and make yourself more attractive to others or something like being in control of the impression that you display to others or increasing your confidence or making people like you in an instant um, or being in control of your emotions or just not being boring. <laughs> so that's what the general population that's not interested in personality, that's what they think of it is. Um, and I can understand this because what they want to do is they want to persuade others more effectively. So they're trying to put themselves in a better light, you know, making people like you so that you can influence them. Now, I have a different take on how to make people like you. Um, that's basically what Customer Secrets is all about, because it's not about us. It's about them. Um, and understanding where they're coming from and what they value and then presenting, um, making people like you is done easily in two different techniques. One is you can promote what they value, make what they already feel is important, make that higher value. So that's development um, or um, taking what they feel is important, what they value, their guiding principles, and then protecting them so that other people aren't stomping on them. And if you do that, they're going to like you for that as well. So it's a really simple formula 
that I've written down in my course, um, Selling by Personality Type, which you can, uh, or it's easy selling using personality, which you'll find on Udemy. Um, and I'll put a link to it in this, these show notes here. Uh, so now people that are interested in psychology, they have a different definition of what it means to be, you know, personality development, not personal development. You know, like personal development is kind of like, you know, exercise or learning a new language where you're, you know, you're taking your current skills and raising them to a higher level. That's personal development. But personality development is something completely different to psychologists. And it all started with Sigmund Freud. Um, and, and I did some research on this last night. And um, they, you know, one of the websites, they actually had a definition, which I really appreciate, because at least it gives us a starting point. So I'll read you off what their definition of personality development is, and then how I think it might be a little bit different. So they say personality development refers to the process. So it's a process by which the organized thought and behavior patterns that make up a person's unique personality emerge over time. So many factors influence personality, including genetics and environment, how we were parented, and social variables. So they say, you know, four different things go into the bowl, you know, the cooking pot where our personality percolates up out of. Um, and, and it started with Sigmund Freud. And, and Sigmund Freud, um, if you go to their, you know, the website that I went to, they went through, um, he went through like four, I don't I can't remember the exact number, four or five stages that a person develops their personality, but it ends right at puberty. So, you know, by their time they're 13, 14 years old, their personality is developed. And then from then on, it continues through the rest of their life. Um, other um, psychologists um, differ a little bit. Some of them say that it could take up to age 25 to develop your personality. And then there's some that say, um, you know, you might develop, most of the, your, your personality is pretty stable, but there's small areas of growth as you get older, um, particularly, you know, like into your 60s. Um, I, on the other hand, well, let me let me back up. So people that are interested in type and, you know, like Myers-Briggs or um, the, the big five personality assessment, um, they think that, you know, personality can develop over time and you can try to enhance your, and particularly in the Myers-Briggs, this is a big topic, you know, like, um, you know, using your um, extroverted feeling versus your introverted feeling, you know, can you actually enhance that, you know, so you're, and for them, it's, it's about being adaptable to many situations. Um, 
particularly how to deal with situations that make you feel uncomfortable. And so this is where the cognitive functions, they just, it just starts raining down on you. And, and it gets really confusing because uh, they're looking at how you process information and make decisions. So can you take the information that comes in and then reroute it in a different way through your head so that you come to a different conclusion and make a different decision. And if you can make consistent decisions over time, that affects your actions and your behavior. And then what personality does is it describes a person's behavior. So they're looking at it as can we process information differently in our heads? I don't think this is possible. I believe that personality is genetic and you are given, it's written on your DNA when you are born. Uh, and if it is written on your DNA and we know we can't change our DNA, it is very difficult to change your personality. Now I do realize there are situations where personality does change but these are very traumatic events like um, major head trauma, um, injuries to the brain, um, stroke, um, things like that. Those things, um, the brain patterns are completely interrupted and new neural pathways have to form. Uh, but most of the time they are controlled by your DNA when you were born. So that's basically why your personality is so stable over your life. But then you have to answer the question, why is it that kids, their personality is different from, you know, like, like Sigmund Freud was saying, you know, until they hit puberty. Um, and it may be longer than puberty. It may be, you know, into their early 20s when, they're, when the brain is fully developed. I think, I think we're looking at it at the wrong way. We're not looking at personality being developed during that time from birth to, um, you know, full cognition level. I think it's the other way around. I think our personality is repressed by outside influences until we're old enough to make decisions for ourselves. So this is a new concept. It's not personality de development, it's personality repression, <laughs> if you want to look at it that way. Because when you're a baby, you can't make any decisions yourself. Your parents make all the decisions for you. And then when you get into school, you can't make decisions there either. Your, your teachers are making your decisions. So over time, as you grow older, and as the people around you allow, they allow you to start making decisions for yourself, and then your personality can finally come out and express itself in its full glory. So, like I said, I think personality is written on your DNA, so it's genetic. There are outside influences, 
that will cause you to behave different. But if those outside influence were taking away, your personality would fully express itself. You know, so when, when I type people, um, I want them to be in their natural environment where they feel that they can make their own decisions without being judged by outsiders. Um, a long time ago, when I hired employees for my company, I would give them a personality assessment. But the problem was, because they were taking the assessment in order to get the job, they would answer the questions that they thought would make them appear as a more attractive job candidate. So what I noticed was everyone was coming back, you know, in the Myers-Briggs system, you know, there's the P or the J, they were all coming back as J's. Um, in the big five, this is called conscientiousness. Um, you know, a, a conscientious person is gonna show up to work on time, right? <laughs> Um, and so the, the situation would repress their true personality. And so when I try to type people, I don't want to ask them any questions, particularly leading questions. I just want them to talk. And when they talk, what I'm looking for is not how they're processing information. That's what the cognitive functions is all about. And it takes a long time to try to map out, you know, are they extroverted feeling or introverted feeling, extroverted intuition, introverted intuition. It takes way too long. So what I'm looking for are their values. And I've, you know, and I've mapped the values for each of the four temperaments already. So our, it's kind of like a bingo card. So they're talking and they're spitting out their values. They don't even know it. They're just talking about what's important to them, which are their values. And I got my bingo cards. You know, they're mental bingo cards. But you can imagine, you know, me writing down on a piece of paper, you know, somebody says this value and I go, okay, I write it down on that card. And then they, they, they spit out another value and I look at my cards and I say, which card is it? Oh, it's still on that card over there. And then after you get like three or four values, you can, you can take these other three temperaments and say, yeah, you're not in that category. You can just slide those off the table. And now I know with pretty high certainty that they are of this particular temperament. And once I got temperament, I've got two of the four dichotomies from Myers-Briggs. Um, the hardest one for me to pick up is introvert versus extrovert um, because that you need them interacting with another person, not necessarily me. Um, I want to see how they're interacting with somebody else, that, particularly somebody that they know and feel comfortable with already. You know, because the first time that I meet somebody, they don't know me, and so they're going to be guarded um, you know, and that's, again, I keep saying this, they're protecting their values. And this is why if you protect their values, they're going to like you themselves. Uh, so, um, yeah, so now, uh, where am I going with this? Um, let me see with some of the other notes. 
um, that I have that I wrote down. Um, a lot of people, particularly in those that study Myers-Briggs and particularly the people that are the morale officers, I call them morale officers in my system, which I call the army, the human army in this trademark. Um, in this system, the morale officers are the part of the human army that is to provide courage and encouragement to other people in the army to get them to engage in life or the battle. Um, and for these people, what they mean when they talk about personality development, and they'll drop phrases all the time that kind of give away their personality type. Um, so like when I'm typing somebody, and, and if they start talking about personality development, and they drop the, the phrase, you know, that person isn't fully developed, or they're immature, they're at an immature development level yet. That right there is like, you know, when I'm going through my chart of values, you know, trying to type somebody, you know, that's like, bingo, <laughs> that's like number one. You know, if they say that somebody's being immature personality wise, they're an NF, you know, they are the morale officer. Um, and for them, when they talk about personality development, what they want to be is adaptable. You know, and I, and I mentioned this before, they want to, they call it being flexible. Um, they want to flex their personality to be adaptable in any situation so that they can. Uh, and for them, it makes perfect sense because they are, their purpose in life is to provide encouragement. And so you have to make yourself appear um, to the other person that you are just like them. And this is a really good strategy. Uh, it, it really works for making that rapport, that instant rapport with somebody is just be like them. You know, I'm not trying to make myself more charismatic. I'm just trying to be like them um, and, and value the same things that they value without judgment, you know, or if, if you don't value the same things that they do, just try to understand where they're coming from, but don't judge them for what they hold as their values. Um, and this is the strategy of the morale officer, and it, it works really good. And I encourage people to learn this strategy um, because it's when you're dealing with others, particularly in a sales situation, it's not about you as a salesperson and, and what is important to you. It's what's important to the customer, what's important to the prospect. So, but they try to be adaptable in all situations. And I, and for me, um, I, I don't think that works very well because what that means is, is if you're adaptable for all conditions, you know, it's kind of like there's a phrase that we, people that have the logistical personality type, the SJs in Myers-Briggs, um, there's a phrase that we use, it's called a jack of all trades, a master of none. So what that means is if you're trying to be adaptable on everything and have a little bit of knowledge on everything, you're not a specialist. And if you're not a specialist, 
people aren't going to come to you for specific problems. You know, general problems, yeah, they'll come to you. But if you, they have a specific problem, they're, they're going to go look for the specialist. Um, and so if you are desiring to be that specialist, you can't be adaptable in all situations. 